All right, here we go. So today's daf is daf chav dalid, page twenty-four. The We're going to go back to the bottom of chav gimel amud beis. We're going to restart the mishnah uh, about eight lines from the bottom of twenty-three b chav gimel amud beis. And here we go. You know, until now we've been talking about a woman telling us whether she's married or been captured. And now we're going to talk about a regular Jew's status. Somebody walks over and gives us, tells us what their status is. Should we believe them or not? So here we go. Says the mission of Achen Shnei Similarly, if you have two men, Zaimer Kainani, one Kain shows up and he's like, hey, by the way, everybody, my name is Kohen. I'm a Kain. Zaimer Kainani. The other guy says, I'm a Kain. Einon We are not going to believe them. All right? Now, we don't know that they were Kahanim. We don't know them from anything. So the question over here really is about giving them truma, taking away truma from other kahanim and transferring over to them. Um, so if each one comes and says, I am a kayin, so usually if somebody says, hey, this guy's a kayin and there's an edachad, we're going, to, we're going to believe him. Over here, here's the deal. Since there's financial matters involved over here because they can really now take truma <clears throat> and other kahanim are going to lose potential truma because of them, we need something more than the, just them telling us their kaihanim. But if let's say they testify one for the other, so one guy comes says, hey, he's a kayan. Other guy comes says, he's a kayan. So each one's got a single witness testifying to their kahunaship, and they are fine. Rebuta Rebuta says, no. He says, that's not enough. We don't raise somebody up in their status of Gohuna according to a single witness. Now the logic over here, um, as we're going to see, we're going to get a little bit into this Bezham on, on today's Daf. But um, Rabbi Huda is really concerned that maybe <clears throat> they're not being honest with us. And each one knows the halacha. So they're going to be there on, on behalf of each other. Each one has what to gain. I'll testify for you if you testify for me. I'm Rabbi Lazar, when do we say that an Eidachad is not going to work? When there are people being ma'ir, people saying that, you know, there's rumors about this guy. He's not really a Kayin. But let's say there's nobody challenging whether or not he's a Kayin. Even if there's an Eidachad, we will be Maila Lekahuna. We'll elevate him to Kahuna. We'll see in the Gemara what the Machlaikas is. Rav Shingamil says, Mishum Shem Ben, Mishum Rav Shimon Ben Asgan. Rav Shingamil says the name of Rav Shimon, who was the son of the assistant Kain Gadol. Mailan Lekahuna Al Pi Eidachad. We are Mailan Lekahuna Al Pi Eidachad. If there is one witness, we're going to elevate him to Kahuna, which seems to be Rabbi Lazar's opinion. Okay? So we're going to see what the difference between Reb Shimon ben Gamliel Laimer, quoting Reb Shimon, and the other opinion of Rabbi Elazar. What's an afkamina between, uh, between those two uh, opinions? Okay, Gavaldik, that's the end of the Mishnah. We now start the Gemara. Says the Gemara, an obvious question, a classic Gemara question. You know, we've had so many cases of Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitir, or just Pesha Asar when it comes to. Um, fields, when a guy says, I bought the field from your father, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to captivity, over here when a man is saying, I'm a Kayan, Kohani Lamali, why do I need all these, these cases of the Mishnah? What is each case adding that's different than the other cases? 
Classic Gemara question. And now the Gemara is going to go through all the cases. Here we go. Says the Gemara, Tzrichi. We need all the cases. Why? See, here we go. If he would have only given the original case of what was that case? Somebody, Reuven, walks over to Shimon. And he says, hey, Shimon, you should know this field used to be your father's and I bought it from him. There, Rabbi Yeshua agrees, Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitter. Why? Why would he agree by a field? Because there's Jara Dimamaina. What do you mean Jara Dimamaina? You see, Ruvain telling Shimon, I bought the field from your father. Why'd you open your mouth? Why'd you say anything? See, here's the chap. I want to I add something very important to Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitter. Again, what's Pesha Azabajitah? The mouth that's possibly forbidding it is the mouth that's permitting it. Why should I believe somebody of Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitter? So generally it's going to be because of, ready? Migu. Since. Since I could have kept my mouth shut. I didn't need to say anything. And now I'm opening my mouth. So since there could have been something that was more beneficial to me, and I'm saying this, trust me. So says the Gemara like this. When Reuven walks over to Shimon, he says, Shimon, your father owned this field. You know what you're opening up? A can of worms. Shimon never knew his father even owned that field. So why'd you say it? It must be you are so confident that it's yours and nobody can mess with you proving that it's yours that will trust you. Migu, you could have kept your mouth shut and not said anything. We're going to believe you here because Jorah de Mamaina. Ruvain setting himself up for a potential loss of money. It's not working. Aval, but Adim, but let's say in the other case where somebody says, you know, there's witnesses who signed on the document, but those witnesses weren't really valid. There's no possible loss of money with that claim. I would say he doesn't have a strong enough of a migu that I could have lied. And therefore, our Mishnah has to tell us no. Even in the case of Adim, where witnesses say, yeah, we signed the document, but we were, you know, we, uh, somebody uh, forced us to do it. Even in that case, we're going to say, Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitter. Fine. So we know the Chiddush of those two cases. Vitana Adim, if the Tana would have only given us a case of Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitter, when it comes to the witnesses saying that we were forced into signing the document, I would say, Misham de la The reason why we trust them with Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitter is because they're testifying that their signatures on the document were helping somebody else. It was la it was for the world. They're not personally gaining anything from this. They're just saying we were witnesses. They have nothing to particularly gain by saying we were forced into this. So maybe when you have nothing to gain, we'll trust you. Aval ihu de but in the first case, where somebody says, Ruvain says, Shimon, by the way, I bought the field from your father, where he's testifying on behalf of himself, aim a light. Maybe we don't trust him. All right? So therefore, the first two cases, each one's got its own chiddush. Fine. Again, the case of the field and the case where Adam said we were forced into signing. Each one's got its own, its own need. What, what is it? Let's hazard this again. Let's review this. The case of the field, Jorah de Mamayna, He's setting himself up for a potential loss of money and therefore we'll trust him. The case of Adam, they have nothing to personally gain on their own, so we'll trust them. Okay. And if we would have only listed those two cases, 
Both of those cases have to deal with financial matters. A field, money. A document, who owes money. But when somebody comes and says, you know, I was married. That's the laws of Isser, of prohibition. So, I would say, there's no halacha of Pesha Asar Peshit. How do I know it extends even outside the realms of finances? And therefore, that's the added Chiddush of, of um, uh, a woman saying, I'm married and divorced. Even there, we're going to say Pesha Asar. Says the Gemara, okay. What about the case after that? What about the case where a woman says, I was captured, but nobody violated me. I'm still Tahar. What's that Chiddush? As the Gemara says, Because the Mishnah wanted to teach us, That if, let's say, once she got married, based upon her own mouth, she doesn't need to leave, oh, that's Taka Chiddush. So the Gemara is answering, is not really a Chiddush in and of itself. Because once I know that by Eishas Ish, by the case of Isser, We'll say Pesha Asa, Pesha Hitter. I'll know the same thing applies when a woman's taken into captivity. It's also Isser. It's also about prohibition. So what's the Adah Chiddush? The Chiddush over there is, is that in the second part of that statement where she remarries and then, where she marries a Kayan, and then witnesses come, she doesn't need to leave the Kayan. Oh, that's the Adah Chiddush. Fine. So Gemara says, one second. According to one who explains the Seifa, so um, now uh, the case of the Seifa is we understand the Ere Chiddush. But the one who says that is going on the case of Eishasish, what's the Ere Chiddush of the Chiddush is not the, that you could stay because again, you could stay is going on the married part. So what's the Ere Chiddush of Nishbesi? So Gemara says, you're right. It, the reason why we mentioned the case of Nishbesi Yutahirani is because we wanted that to lead to the case of two women who are captured that they could testify about each other. Okay. What's the Ere Chiddush of the two women who are captured? So Gemara says, I would have thought to say, maybe... They, there's a, a Gaimlin. Maybe they're doing this on behalf of each other. Two women show up. One says, I'll testify for you. You testify for me. And maybe we shouldn't trust either of them. <clears throat> maybe they're in cahoots with each other. Gamash Blanc, the Tana lets us know that we still trust the women. So the Gemara says, okay, so one second. Let's pause for a minute. If the Chiddush by two women testifying for each other is that we're not concerned about them setting this all up beforehand, what about our Mishnah? I thought that was the Kiddush in our Mishnah when two men come and tell us their Kahanim. They could testify about each other and we're not concerned about testifying about each other. That's the same Kiddush as the women. What's the Kiddush of our Mishnah that we just read when one man says he's a Kain, another says he's a Kain? The reason I mentioned that case is to teach us the second Machlaik as between. Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon, which um, the Machaikas, the interview and Rabbanon were about to explain in the Gemara. But let's pause for a minute. I want to pause, okay? I want to pause for a minute and, and just so we take a, take a step back and just talk outside of everything we've done so far. Because it's very Gishmak.
This is very gishmak. Our Mishnayis have given us a number of cases of Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitter. When somebody comes along and gives us information, possibly prohibiting something on themselves, we're going to rely on them to be material. Let's go through. Okay? So Gemara wants to know why we need so many cases. So here we go. So the Gemara explained like this. The first case was the field. Why do we believe somebody by the field? What's the Chiddush? Jara de Mamayna. Why would you set yourself up for a potential loss of field? So we trust you. The next case was witnesses signing on a document. What's the Chiddush there? They're signing for somebody else. They're not signing for themselves. Okay? In such a case, we trust them. Both of those cases, they'll have to do with finances. So you see two different situations when it comes to finances. Pesha Osar, Pesha Hitter. Then the next case of the Mishnah was... A woman says, I'm, I was married, but I'm divorced. We trust you to say, we trust you that you're divorced. What's the Ere Chiddush? Even by Isser, we trust. Nothing to do with financial matters. Even by Isser, prohibition, we trust. Okay. What was the Ere Chiddush of Nishbesiu to Hairani? When a woman says, I was taken into captivity, but nobody violated me. We believe her. What's the Chiddush? I already know from a married woman that's Isser, that Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitter. So what, what, is, what is that adding? The Gemara says two options. Option number one is it's adding the Chiddush of once you remarry, you do not need to leave. And the other opinion is that the case of Nishbesi is letting us know that if two women were taken into captivity, we trust them to testify about each other and we're not concerned that they're in cahoots to help each other out. We'll trust people to help you. I'll be one witness for you. You'll be one witness for me. Ah, maybe you guys are just helping each other out. No, we'll still trust them. Pesha also Pesha Hitim. Okay. Aye, what about the case of our Mishnah then? Of the two men saying their Kahanim testifying on behalf of each other. You're going to tell me the Chiddush is that we're concerned they might testify about each other? That was the previous case. So what's the Ad Chiddush? So the Ad Chiddush is the Machlaika Sin Rav Yudan Rabbanan. Okay. Now that's not clear to us yet. What the Machlegasin of Yudah and the Rabbanan is. Let's get into it. Says the Brysa. Here we go. Tanu Rabbanan. The rabbis learned and so should we. Ani Kayin Vechaveri Kayin. Somebody shows up and he says, by the way, I'm a Kayin and my buddy over here is a Kayin. Nemon Lachila Betrumai. Ve'enay Nemon Lasiya Isha. The is that they can both eat Truma as Kayhanim. Okay. However, when it comes to marrying somebody, we don't treat him as a kayan when it comes to marriage. Okay? There was a, you know, there's dine dirabonon about who's a kayan, who a kayan is permitted to marry. So we're very strict with Gahanim. Apparently, with these chevra, we're not so strict. Until you mamish have. Two witnesses coming and testifying on behalf of each other. One on behalf of the other is not going to suffice. Two on behalf of the other is going to suffice. However, Rabbi Yehuda Eber, that's the Tanakhama. Rabbi Yehuda says, If one comes testifies about the other, we don't allow him to eat Truma either. You need two Edom to allow the eating of Truma. So it seems from here, according to Tanakhama, who will call the Chachamim, they say 
one could testify about the other when it comes to truma, and you know it's enough. I what about uh, playing games? You know what about you know uh, you testify for me? I'll testify for you. Chum say when it comes to truma, we're not concerned. When it comes to very elevated statuses of marriage, that, that, that far we're going to say you really need aid them. However, we're just going to say that no. You always need Adam. Now, the, what we're assuming now, the reason for Yehuda is why you need two witnesses, even by Truma, is because we don't trust them. One guy says, I'm a Kayin, my friends are Kayin. Like I said, I'm a Kayin, my friends are Kayin. We don't trust them. We'll say, yeah, you guys are just playing games. You, you, you walked in, and you know how, you know the system. So you're trying to beat the system, but we don't really trust you. That's how we're uh, understanding Rabbi Yehuda. Says the Gemara, are you telling me Rabbi Yehuda is concerned about each one testifying on behalf of the other and therefore we can't feed them truma unless there's two witnesses and the Tanakama, the Rabbanon are not concerned about uh, these guys playing games. We learned the opposite that we learned in the Mishnah. When you have Chamorim, Chamorim uh, will call them um, UPS, all right, United uh, Postal Service, but instead of having the men in brown, you had men on donkeys. So they they come and they're they're schlepping, or in today's day and age, I guess we're all, we're up to Amazon deliveries. So they're they're delivering uh, their donkeys are delivering items. Omar and one of these uh, donkey drivers says, "Shali my stuff is chadash, so it shouldn't be eaten yet. But this other guy, his grain that came in on the donkey, is, uh, it's yashon. It could, it's from the previous season, you already brought the carbon, it's good to eat. Shali ain't or my stuff, I didn't take meiser from yet. my friends could. we don't believe him. You hear this? Why don't you believe him? Because each one's saying this about the other. It's like the two yidden outside of a church. One's wearing a cross, one's wearing a, a mug and David. So every, they're outside a church. Everybody gives the money to the guy with the cross. Everybody's ignoring the Yid with the mug and David. So finally somebody says, hey Jew, you know, t- take, a, take a message. If you're standing outside a church, you shouldn't be showing off your Judaism. So the guy wearing the mug and David turns to his friend. He says, Yanko, look, look who's teaching us how to do business. Yeah. Yeah, they know God's fine, had to, had to take care of this. That's what Tanakhama is saying. That's mamish what's happening here. The two donkeys, each one saying, mine's not good. The other guy, give money to the other guy. And then what happens? They go home at the end of the day and they split the goods. You know what I mean? So we're concerned. Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, no, no, we're not concerned, which is the opposite of what we said before. Before we said Rabbi Yehuda is concerned about them playing games. And the Chalm are not concerned. And this Bryce says, it seems that just the opposite. The Chalm are concerned about games, and Rabbi Yudah is not. So the Gemara says, you're right. Switch around the opinions. Gavaldik. No, it's, it's, uh, it's switched around. Gavaldik. I'm sorry. Abai says, No, there's actually no contradiction between, again, the case of the Kahanim testifying about each other and the case of the donkey drivers. There's no contradiction. Abai says like this. Demai, when it comes to Demai, when two donkey drivers come into town, we don't know whether or not Meister's taken in the first place. So, hey, Kilu, we're going to be lenient. 
Because Lemaisa, most people know how to separate Maiser. So usually, even by, by Kahuna, usually Rabbi Huda will say, no, I am concerned they're playing games over here. However, by Demai, he says, you know what, I'll agree to not be concerned. Why? You could be lenient. You could be lenient. I don't understand. There's still going to be a contradiction in Shitas Rabbi Huda. But ultimately, a contradiction in the Rabbonon is not going to happen. And this is a rhetorical question, because what we just explained is, in Abaye's opinion, why Rav Yehuda will say that, you know, by the donkey drivers, we're not concerned about games. But we didn't explain why there's no contradiction in the Chachamim. In Rav Yehuda Shita, we understand why he can hold, you know, by the Kahanim to be concerned and by the other ones, it's not being concerned. But according to the Rabbanon, there's still a machlekes, which is, there's still a contradiction. Are you concerned about, about these witnesses playing games or not? So Rabbi says, what about the contradiction in the opinion of the Rabbanon? Yeah, you didn't help me at all. So the Gemara answers, He says like this, he says, whether or not we're concerned is not a contradiction as we just explained. Right? By Kahanim, we're concerned. By Demai, we're not concerned. What about the Chum? Also like Kasha. What would be the contradiction? By Kaihanim, they said, we do trust them. But by the donkey drivers, we don't. Why is that not a contradiction? Kedom Rav Chama Bar Ukva. Like Rav Chama Bar Ukva says, Kishakli Umnis Biyodei. We're talking about when the Kli Umnis, when the tools of a craftsman, biyadoi are in his hand. That's what. That's the case. That's what we're talking about. Hachanami top of Omer Beis, kishakli umnis biyadoi. We're dealing with kli umnis when the tools of his craft of the craftsman are in his hand. Okay. Now, what does that mean? What this means is as follows, and we're going to explain. But before we, we're going to explain what it means, the, the tools of a craftsman, but I just want to give a little bit of an introduction to what we're, uh, we're about to explain. See, here's what's happening. If somebody's in the middle of doing their business, okay, and he's like, he's mamish in the middle of doing the work, so we see that his focus is solely on his work. If you have, if you're, in the middle of something, let me ask, you have a handyman who's in the middle of doing your basement. Somebody had water damage in his basement. You see where my mind is, right? Somebody has water damage in his basement. And somebody comes to work. In the middle of his work, he says, you know, the truth is I really can't handle this job. I recommend you go with this other company. It doesn't make any sense for him to say, don't use me. Unless he's telling the truth. Can't handle it. So go give to somebody else. So the Gemara is saying, same thing over here by the donkey drivers. You have a guy selling grain. He's got everything there. He's ready to sell. Why would he go ahead and say, you should know my grain really cannot be eaten. It's chadash. You should buy my friends. Okay? He, he wouldn't do it. Unless there's like severe... What we'll call it is that is the word collusion, right? 
You're like working together, uh, you're working together with the other guy. Okay? So, the, the Gemara says that if you have a donkey driver with all his stuff, it wouldn't make sense for him to say that he's not doing it unless Lemaise, ready for this? So why are you doing it? See, here's going to be the trick. So why are you doing it? The only excuse, the only thing we could think of of why you're doing it is because, and here's where the whole thing gets twisted on its head. Instead of saying I'm doing this to tell the truth, it's because you're trying to strengthen your lie and make it look even more real. That's what the Gemara is saying. And let's explain. Let's get into this Svara. What does Rechom Barukva mean when he says there's a difference between whether you're holding, the craftsman's holding his tools or not? Ahod the Tanan. He's talking about the following mission. Hakadar Shehiniach Kedei Reisov. If you have somebody who makes pottery, and Shehiniach, he puts down Kedei Reisov, his pots. Viyarad Lishtais. And he goes down to drink. Okay, we said any pots that are, so that he has like a stack one uh, of pots, one inside the other, okay? So we'll, we'll look, we'll get into the case, but whatever's inside, the inner pots are going to be tohar and the outer pots are going to be tamay. Vahatanya, and we learned in a brisa. Elu ve'elu tumeis, both inner and outer are tamei. Amrucham barukva, kishakli omnis biyadei. We're dealing with kli omnis are in his hand, meaning he's clearly setting up a market to sell these things. And therefore, we're concerned since he's out to sell them, everybody is going to be touching these pots. And since people touch those pots, we're assuming that somebody who was tummy touched the pots, and they all become tummy. And we learned in a brisa, they're both going to be tummy. So which one is it? Are they? Are all the pots tummy, or are all the pots tar? So here's where the statement comes in. Ready? We're talking about It's not. He's not bringing these necessarily to sell. And since we don't see that he's here to sell them, we're not concerned people are going to be touching it. Why, why would people who are tummy touch pots? Why would they touch it? When it's for sale. I want to know whether to buy it. Otherwise, keep your hands off. What are you touching it for? So over here, Chomberuk says, if something's clearly for sale, then we have a chashash, then we have a concern. Somebody tummy touched it. If it's not clearly for sale, so there's less of a concern. But this that we learned in the Mishnah, what's going to be the case where the outer ones are Tameh and the inner ones are Tahar? Nothing should be Tameh. It's not for sale. Why, you, you put your stuff down, you went to get a drink, you come back. The outer ones are Tameh. Why? Who says anybody touched these? This, this wasn't for sale. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you the case. What happened was, the case over there is, is an interesting case where you have somebody who makes pottery, it's not for sale, he puts it down on the side of the road next to what we call in our day and age guardrails, right? They, guardrails make sure that, that uh, the uh, horse and buggy doesn't get off the, off the road. And that's where he put his pots down. And since it was mamish on the side of the highway, 
So there's a concern that maybe somebody who was walking by or somebody driving by either went, went over the pots or touched the outside of the pots. So we'll say the outer pots are tummy, but the inner pots are going to be tar. Bottom line is, why are we quoting this? Because we're, we're, exp- we're expressing that the nafkamina, the difference between the case of the donkey driver and the case of the kayin, the difference is going to be also not a contradiction. One's talking about where kli umnes biyadai, that he's mamish in middle of, uh, you know, in, in middle of the sale over here. And the other case where it's not kli umnes biyadai. Okay. Viba yasema. Another possible approach to say there's no contradiction between a and the chacham. That really the ultimate machlaikas between Rav Yehuda and the Chamim in our Mishnah about whether or not we trust one guy to say he's a Kayim, another guy to say he's a Kayim, okay, is as follows. The machlaikas is whether by allowing a Kayim to eat Shuma, that also tells us about his Yichus. And let's explain for a moment. Let's explain for a moment. There are certain things where if somebody does them or is involved in them, there's an automatic assumption for other things. Is There's some sort of story. It's a book. Maybe it's a movie now. Maybe somebody here is a, it's a famous thing. Like apparently this guy was like a con artist. And ultimately like now he works for the government. Um, he was like a pilot. You know what I'm talking about? He, th- this guy was like a, maybe he started out as a, as a kid or something, and he just presented himself like he belonged in all these places. You know what I'm talking about? And they, they thought he was like a pilot that let him fly airplanes, and he was like, he didn't have an ID garnished, mamish. This guy, ultimately, I think he wrote a book. They put out a movie about him. Uh, I don't even know if he ultimately was caught. But uh, now I think he works for the government catching other... If you present yourself well enough to make it look like you... to make it look like you belong somewhere and people treat you like that, so that gives you a status. As I is. So the machlekes over here is if you see a kayan eating truma, does that also tell me that he can... Be my that he also takes on the status of both being somebody who's got proper yichus and marrying somebody who has proper yichus. Because remember, before we said, oh, maybe we'll feed him truma, but we'll just say, oh, we're not so careful when it comes to yichus. Or do you say, no, no, no? If you see somebody, it's like a guy gets an aliyah and shola as kayim. Aren't you going to naturally assume that he should be the one duchening on yamtiv? That's you'll naturally assume, right? So the machlekes here is says the Gemara, whether by allowing him to eat truma, that's also um, that's that's also uh, being mila him liyochsin. And what's the machlekes? A beautiful will say that since in order for yichus you need to aid him, you need to aid him for truma as well. The chum will say no. We'll allow one aid for truma because just because somebody is allowed to eat truma, what does not necessarily tell us that he's connected. Uh, in, on all levels to yichus. Period. Fine. End of that uh, conversation. Now we're going to have a few shilas over here, a few, a few curiosity questions. 
says the Gemara Yibaylu. They ask the question, searching for information. What is the halacha of being ma'alish star for yochsin? This is very nageya to, you know, uh, sometimes people say, oh, my grandfather told me I'm a kain. So your grandfather didn't, his grandfather didn't know much about Judaism, except that his grandfather said that his father was a kain. Yeah. So you look at the matzevi, you look at the tombstone, was a kain, not kain. So a lot of these shilas come up very, very often. So to ask the question, what happens if you have a document, and on the document it says, Yaakov ben Yisrael Hakayim. If you find a document calling somebody a kayin, do we say you have a full status when it comes to your yichus? You're a kayin. What's the case? If one of the witnesses is signing his name as an aide, as a kayin, so of course we're not going to trust that. He's testifying about himself, right? You have a ksuba. You get two witnesses on a ksuba. One guy writes on the ksuba, Yankul ben Yisrael, aid. Akayin, aid. So that's not going to mean you're a kayin. You said you're a kayin. That's not testimony. I'm a kayin. I lend money to this guy. And witnesses sign after he wrote he's a kayin. So my there, what's the halacha? Do we say they're only testifying about what the facts in the document and that he's actually owed $100? Or they also testifying that he's actually a Kayan. You hear this? Gishmak. Me, Yanko ben Yisrael, Hakayan is lending money and two witnesses sign. Are they By them signing, are they agreeing he's a Kayan? Or are they signing that he's owed $100? Ravuna, Rav Chista, Machlek, Yeschadam, or Mailim, Chadam, or Eimailim. Beautiful. Another Shaila, another guy search for information. Which, by the way, by the, before we get to the new Shaila, when I sign on a document, if I say, I need to be careful in how the person wrote their name too. If I say that the way they signed their name makes them a full fledged Kayan, if I'm ever signing on a document of a loan that a Kayan was involved in, I better make sure the guy was really a Kayan when he writes his name. Otherwise, people are going to make him a kayin. But I'm like, hey, I, I never knew. He's got to be careful with that. All right, next shayla. What is the halacha? Some, if a, if a uh, kayin has a chazaka uh, to go up and, as we say, duchin, do berchas kainim for klal yisro. So somebody says, I saw this guy duchin and shul. Ma'u lalas minasiyas kapayim liyuchsin. According to opinion, it says that if you eat truma, you go to yoksim. We have a shayla. If you're going to say that once you eat truma, we elevate you to yichos. Maybe that's specifically the truma. Because if you weren't a kayan and you're eating truma, so of course you're not going to do that. But let's say Yisrael goes up and duchins. The Isser Asay. You've transgressed in Asay. Why? Because what does it say in the Torah? Who should bless B'nai Yisrael? Kehanim. If Yisrael does it, you're over in Asay. Only a, only is, only a Kayin's left do it. So maybe I'll say light. Just because you Duchin doesn't make you a Kayin. There's, there, there's less of a risk for Yisrael to do it. Maybe there's no difference. 
Maybe either way we should be myliochsen. Tiboyle me'amad amar ain myli. You could also ask according to Binu says that we're not myli for truma liochsen. Hani mili truma de me'achla betzina. Truma maybe just because you ate truma, which is done privately. Maybe we're not going to elevate you to yochsen because you did it. Uh, it's your own business. I want to see his compliance before Hesia, but to have the chutzpah if he Yisrael, if you're Yisrael, to have the chutzpah to go up and duchin with all the kahanim. Ilav koyen who kuli highlay mechatzif in in a shnafshe. A regular soul doesn't have the chutzpah up there with the Gahanim unless he knows he's a Kayan. And therefore, if he's there, we should trust that he really is a Kayan. Or maybe there's no difference, which, by the way, would put the achrayis, the responsibility of figuring this out on the Rav of any shul. Because if we're going to say that we're mylan from Birchas Kayanim, so then it's the responsibility of any, any shul that has kahanam duchen, you better make sure these fellows are, are kahanam. You know, they had this story recently that went viral of this, um, was he Palestinian or Lebanese? This guy married a uh, Sephardic girl, and it turns out he wasn't Jewish. And now they found out. And then they found out he might be Jewish. They found out that he really was. You're right. They came out and maybe he was Jewish. And there was a lot of people who had Tainas on the Masada Kedushan. Why didn't you look into this more? It's a fascinating, uh, um, it's a fascinating discussion. It's a fascinating conversation. If you're ever asked, I mean, I, I've been involved in this, but if somebody asked me to Masada Kedushan at a wedding, okay, let's say a couple months ago we had this, I didn't ask if they were Jewish or not Jewish. I knew the families. I'm not going to start checking their papers. There was another case where somebody from our show married, uh, um, married uh, somebody from out of town. I didn't know the family at all. So over there, I just called up the, uh, I found a, I asked them for a name of a Rav they're affiliated with. And I just said, are there any, um, is there any Geros or anything you know of over there? He said, no. I said, okay, Peseder, it's okay too. But the question is, like, to what extent? I don't know if I'm right. You know, to, to what extent do you need to go to? How far back do you need to go to know that the yichus is the yichus that they're actually giving you? According to this Gemara, when a kain, you know, if if you're going to be mila from from duchening to yuchsin, you better if you're a rav of a shul, you better make sure that whoever's duchening is is really a kain. Otherwise, people are just going to you know, as far as genealogy, people are going to assume they're kahanim. So it's really you know, this Gemara really uh, has a lot of uh, applications over here. Okay. So the Gemara says, so this is the Shaila, this is the question. Do, are we Maila from Duchening to Yochsen? So Rechistav Rebbe Avina, Chad Amar Mailen, Bechad Amar, Ein Mailen. One says we are Maila Liochsen, the other one says we are not. Amar Leibrach, Rechistav 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 Dochens the base hamikdash are remailin liyuchsin. Amar le pukter of chistav rabbi bina machlekes. He says, okay, that's a good answer. But what's the halacha? Hilchus amai. Amar le anamas nisi yadanum. There's a brisa that tells us the Tanya Rabbi Yisi Yomer Gedayla Chazaka. A Chazaka is big. A Chazaka is great. Once somebody has a Chazaka, it takes a lot to change it. 
Titania, Rabbi keep reading. Okay, there's all the pasuk. So what's this pasuk saying? This pasuk is telling us there were there were children of Kehanim, and we give a whole list of their yichus, right? They married kids from from Barzilai, and they became known by that name, and they went through the yichus, and ultimately. They couldn't find for sure that they were Kehanim. You hear this? They couldn't find for sure that they were Kehanim. So what did we do? So they told them, they told them they should wait from eating truma until they asked from the Urim Betumim. Okay. Now, what, what, what happened over here? What's this story? So apparently you had a family of Kehanim, married to this other family, and they were told not to eat from Kodesh HaKadoshim until the Urim Betumim clarified everything. So the Gemara says, what, what happened over here? So what happened was like this. Omar Lahem. He said to them, this folk referring to Hatushos, he said to them, you should know, you have a chazak of being Kohanim, you keep your chazak of being Kohanim. And therefore, outside Eretz Yisrael, you know, when you guys all you still think you're Kahana. But what type of holy foods have you been eating up until now? Because you've been eating truma. You've been eating truma. Afkan So too over here, you could keep eating truma. However, what he's telling them is, parts of carbonice that you have not been eating, you should not start eating. So if you have a chazaka, of as a kayan doing specific things, you keep your chazaka. That's what it means. chazaka. You've been doing this, you can keep doing this. Now, anything you haven't been done, you should hold off of till we clarify. Now the Isokadaitoch, if you're gonna think that when somebody dochins gives brichas kayan, where Mila Liochsin, Hani Kivande, Farsiadayu, Osilaskinu. So anybody who duchens should be okay. In other words, the question over here is on this pasuk. The pasuk was, you guys have been considered kahanim, you're duchening, you've been eating shuma, gizintahet, keep going. But parts of the kodesh kadot, you know, the holier things, kachim, you shouldn't start eating here in Eretz Yisrael. Don't do that. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. If you're going to tell me that duchening is Maila Yuliochsen, why do you got to wait for further clarification? It was enough that they were doing Berchus Kayanim. It's a good child. Right? Why is he only giving them their chazaka of what they've been doing till now? You're good. You've been duchening. It must be that just because you duchen doesn't give you full fledged Kayan status. Because he told them to wait for the Urim Vitumim. Wait for that. Why should I wait? I thought if I duchen, I'm, I'm good. So the Gemara says, no, 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 no. Shiny hacha What happened was, these kaihanim who were coming back, there were shilas that started causing a reyasa, a weakness in their status. 
So therefore, even though they did Birchas Kayanim, we're still saying hold off. But in general, outside of this case and outside of these Psukim, if you stam plain, have a Kayan who's Duchind, he can take on the status of a full-fledged Kayan. And this case is different where these Kayanim had a question that, that started about their roots and there was an issue. So you know what we told them? Chizkayu said, keep your chazaka. You could do what you've been doing till now. Uh, I'm sorry, Hatir Shasa said, keep your chazaka. You could do it until now, but don't add to it. Di'ilay because if you don't say that this is the case of the psukim, Lamanda Amar Maylim even according to the pin who says that once you eat truma, also you're fit for yichus, that doesn't make any sense here either. Because what did he say? Keep eating truma. You just, before you marry, you gotta, yeah, I didn't keep eating truma. Once you eat truma, you're full fledged kain. So, so what does he mean? It must be, what's happening here is as follows. It must be, there's a reyasa in their chazaka, and since there was a weakness, in their chazaka, we told them, keep doing what you're doing as far as truma, but anything else, you're going to have to hold, hold off on. And this is the case where you see chazaka zigavaldik. So Gemara says, one second, top of tomorrow's daf, chazaka. So what does it mean? Chazaka is, uh, chazaka is great. Chazaka didn't do much for him. <laughs> All it did, you kept, you kept going. It didn't take you any further. Chazaka helped them because until now they were outside Eretz Yisrael, they were eating Shuma Darabon. Now they could even eat Shuma Darabon. It helped them for, for, to, for an elevated status of Shuma, even though it's not helping them for, for anything outside the realms of Shuma. Okay. So that is one approach as to, um, as to why when this family came back, we allowed them to eat Shuma even though we told them they're going to be stuck at that level. Just because you eat shuma doesn't allow you now to take on the full-fledged yichus of a kayin. That's, uh, that's the first approach. We'll hold it here t- for today. Bezim tomorrow will pick up from Viva Yasema, another possible approach as to why we allowed them to eat shuma, despite the fact that uh, there's a concern that maybe somebody will consider them to have a total kayin yichus. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody. Uh, tomorrow, Bez Hashem, there is a bris after the 8.30 a.m. shachris in shul. So usually we do daf yaymi at 9.30, but if it's okay with everybody, I would like to, uh, I'd like to push it off until about, let's call it 10.30. 10.15, 10.30, I think 10.30 is, is playing it safe, if that's okay in everybody's schedule. Does somebody have an issue with 10.30? Is that fine? I think so. Yeah? Okay. All right, so let's plan for that. Let's plan, uh, we'll, we'll plan for 10.30 Daphne Mertz show.